0: This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Boris Johnson, Britain's former Prime Minister, ruled himself out of the contest to replace Liz Truss as leader of the Conservative Party, and thus as PM. That leaves Rishi Sunak, a former Chancellor, as the clear favourite. Mr. Sunak confirmed that he entered the race and has 155 public nominations so far. Penny Mordant, the leader of the House of Commons, also announced her candidacy. She has 25. Xi Jinping, China's president, secured a president-breaking third term in power and unveiled the reshuffled leadership of China's Communist Party. The new seven member Politburo Standing Committee is comprised of loyalists to Mr. Xi, including Li Qiang, the top party official in Shanghai, who was appointed second in command. Russia's administration in occupied Kherson reported an increase in civilians trying to flee Ukraine's advancing counter offensive. Russia has ordered an evacuation of the city. Elsewhere, heavy Russian missile strikes on Ukraine's energy facilities left over a million people in the south and west of the country, struggling with power cuts. The barrage is part of a campaign to cripple Ukraine's infrastructure. At least two people have died after Hurricane Rosalyn made landfall on the Pacific coast of Mexico, bringing with it a storm surge and dangerous winds. Hundreds of people have evacuated to emergency shelters, but the storm is now weakening and is expected to do so further as it travels inland. An Iranian group hacked into the email server of a subsidiary of the country's atomic energy agency. The hacking group, Black Reward, said it was an act of support for the protests in Iran, which was sparked by the death of Masa Armini. Information from the hack was published online, including a clip reportedly from a nuclear site and personal information of the agency's staff. Slovenians choosing a new president picked two candidates who will enter a runoff next month. On Sunday night, with 64% of the votes counted, Anze Loga, a member of the former government, had won 34% of the vote. Natasha Pirc-Musar, a lawyer and human rights activist, had 27%. The election is seen as a test for the Liberal government, which won power from populists in April. Salman Rushdie lost the sight in one eye and the use of one hand during a knife attack in New York in August, his agent revealed. Sir Salman's assailant has been charged with attempted murder. In 1989, Iran's supreme leader issued a fatwa urging Muslims to murder the author because of the alleged blasphemy of his novel, The Satanic Verses. And fact of the day, 30,000 The length of a string of genetic letters responsible for the nightmare of COVID-19.
1: And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. India's pollution season. The Hindu festival of Diwali, which this year falls on Monday, celebrates the victory of light over darkness. But for huge parts of northern India, it also heralds the start of something dark. Pollution season. In autumn and winter, India's air becomes increasingly toxic as the Himalayas trap the emissions of the 600 million people who populate the sprawling Indo-Gangetic plain. Sources of contamination are manifold. Some comes from industry and transport, some from farmers burning crop waste, and some from homes burning biomass for fuel. India's government has not ignored air pollution but struggles to control the smog. The pandemic did provide some respite. In Delhi, the capital, levels of PM2.5, the most dangerous particles, improved by 20% in the past three years compared with the pre-pandemic average. But worry is that as India's economy returns to normality, so will pollution. Even before Diwali, Delhi's air has become dangerously unhealthy. The Trump Organization on Trial The inner workings of Donald Trump's real estate business will be exposed this week when the Trump Organization faces a criminal trial in New York. Prosecutors allege that the firm dodged taxes by paying its employees off the books. In August, Alan Weisselberg, the chief financial officer, pleaded guilty to 15 counts of tax fraud. His under-the-table compensation included an apartment and grandchildren's school fees. In exchange for a reduced prison sentence, he will testify against the company in the trial, which begins on Monday. If convicted, it could owe up to $1.6 million in fines and back taxes. America's former president is not on trial this time, but he faces separate civil charges of fraudulently inflating the value of his real estate assets. Federal prosecutors are also probing his efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election, and his mishandling of classified documents. Notoriously litigious as a businessman, Mr. Trump may soon find himself on the other side of the dock. Britain's Next Prime Minister The race to succeed Liz Truss as leader of Britain's Conservative Party and thus as Prime Minister is on. Rishi Sunak, a former chancellor, has been publicly backed by 146 MPs by early afternoon on Sunday. At that time, Boris Johnson, prime minister until July when he was forced out over a string of scandals, had 57 nominations, well short of the 100 needed by 2 p.m. on Monday, to enter the final ballot of party members. His team claims he has the numbers privately. If he and Penny Mordant, the other challenger, who has 24, do not, then Mr. Sunak will become Tory leader by default. Yet, if Mr. Johnson can enter the ballot, he stands a good chance of returning to Downing Street. He is still beloved by the party's 170,000 members. Mr. Johnson's cheerleaders believe he can repeat the feat of the 2019 election by turning around the party's parlous polling. A bruising Tory defeat in the next general election, regardless of who is in charge, seems more likely. Peace Talks in Ethiopia's Civil War At first glance, it appears to be a breakthrough. Nearly two years into a devastating and bloody civil war, representatives from Ethiopia's government and the embattled Tigray region will meet on Monday in South Africa. Convened by the African Union, these are the first official peace talks since the war began. They come as Ethiopian federal troops and their Eritrean allies advance steadily toward Mekele, Tigray's capital. Though both sides accepted the invitation, the Tigrayans have doubt. They have previously suggested that the AU's chief mediator, Olusegun Obasanjo, a former Nigerian president, is biased toward Abiy Ahmed, Ethiopia's prime minister. They want Abiy to call off his offensive before starting talks. They are also demanding that he lift his blockade of Tigray, which is causing mass starvation. The Tigrayans' skepticism is warranted. Abiy has yet to demonstrate he is serious about negotiations and begins them without having made a single significant concession. Do not expect one imminently. Qatar's Art Mill Museum Football will be the focus of attention in Qatar when the World Cup is held there later this year, but some visiting fans may also visit the country's excellent museums. The Museum of Islamic Art, which opened to huge acclaim in 2008, has been completely redesigned and will soon have additional galleries. Some visitors to Doha might also enjoy an exhibition showcasing plans for another museum, which is due to open by the end of the decade. Art Mill Museum 2030, which opens on Monday, introduces a project to redevelop an industrial flour mill in Doha's cultural district into a waterfront exhibition space. The exhibition will be held on the site and in its garden. The plan is to remodel the mill's enormous silos and grain elevators into one of the Gulf's most exciting venues for showing modern and contemporary art, as well as architecture, design, craft, film, and fashion. Qatar's artistic ambitions are almost as big as its sporting ones. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Monday. What is the series title of the seven fantasy novels by C.S. Lewis that begin with The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Jackie Robinson, who died on this day in 1972. The most luxurious possession, the richest treasure anybody has, is his personal dignity. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week.